Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path, with me, your host, Cherry Dollface. I'm very excited. I have another guest. My guest today is the gorgeous and classic pinup model and hairstylist, Ella, aka Miss Victory Violet. I met Ella a million years ago when she was my hair and makeup model on my tour stop in New Zealand, and I also had the honor of being a judge the year that she won the Miss Viva Las Vegas pinup contest. Ella is not only insanely talented, but she is equally sweet. So today we are going to talk about the time she spent living abroad away from her native New Zealand. So hello, Ella. Hello from New Zealand. Yay. It's so Yay. weird talking to somebody that's like on the other side of the dateline. I know. We're we're in the future, man. Like it's, I know. it's Wednesday and you're Tuesday still. Well, and it's you're also going into summer as we're going into winter. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so nice like having the weather heating up at the moment because it's just like it's getting me through. I'm I, so excited about the summer. <laughs> I feel the opposite. I'm so over the heat. Yeah. I'm like, oh I just I want my toes to be cold again. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm very excited to have you on my show and just to talk to you. I haven't talked to you or seen you in so long. Yeah, it's really exciting to to be on a podcast. It's my first time. Ah, I'm so honored to be your first podcast. <laughs> it is a different world because you don't have to be pretty. I know it's I'm in like gym leggings and a tank top because I've been like cleaning and cooking today because it's my day off. You can roam around town there right like you're yeah we're um we're currently at level like what we call level one which means basically like there's not really any restrictions it's just sort of you probably should wear a mask on public transport but we've got no community transmission so there's not as much of a risk oh my gosh tell me what that's like (laughs) pretty great yeah it's amazing well I mean the benefits of living on an island I guess okay so First, tell me about you as Miss Victory Violet and how that journey has been for you. I'm sure a lot of people listening already know who you are. We have so much crossover, but just in case yeah. they don't, tell me all about you. Uh, I started like I sort of Miss Victory Violet kind of spawned from like Instagram back in the day when, you know, it was still kind of a little bit new. And I think I, I think I started my Instagram back like maybe eight, eight years ago or so. And I just started like sharing my outfit of the day photos. It was kind of like I was sort of new to like the sort of vintage kind of style. And I was just really excited about sharing kind of what I was wearing. And it just it gave me a lot of confidence. And it was kind of just like a way of going like, wow, I've I've sort of switched from trying to do this mainstream look and struggling with it, you know, all the way, you know, up until this point. And now that I'm like kind of diverging out into this like slightly more alternative look, you know, like this has given me so much confidence. I want to share it. I want to share this. And then it kind of just grew from there. And I started a blog when I wanted to kind of be able to share a little bit more about things like be able to, you know, not be limited by an Instagram caption and 
started doing a little bit of modeling, working with photographers. And um, obviously I was still, like I was a hairdresser. So I started like really trying to hone my hair and makeup skills. And I remember thinking back like years and years ago and thinking, I don't know what I want from this. It's just kind of fun. I'll ride the wave. I'll like do the competition. I'll do this or whatever. And I used to think the one thing that I would love for this to do is for me to be able to travel with it somehow. But I was like, oh, man, it's never like, how would I do that? You know, and mm-hmm. I ended up getting to do it. I just kind of never tried to put too much pressure on myself to yeah get to a certain point or a certain level or whatever. So that's really funny. So my last guest was Pin Up Doll Ashley Marie. She was saying the exact same thing. So her right. uh, her episode was about having a normal day job. And so she was saying she does it because it's fun and she'll do it until it's not fun anymore. Same thing with me. It just like yeah. I liked doing it. And then I don't I, I think most of us that have the most success in doing it are the ones that have the least focus on making it a success. Yeah. And I think, you know, to a certain point, like I've had a lot of like ladies ask me over the years, like, how did you get so many like Instagram followers or whatever? I mean, it was a different time. Like it Mm -hmm. sounds stupid, but it was so much easier to just organically grow a platform like that just by like posting regularly and having content and like you could use hashtags and it wouldn't just like I don't hashtag anymore because all I get is a whole bunch of like spammy comments and it's yeah. me. Yeah. And that's the thing I always say when people ask me like how I've gotten to where I am, I, I just, I say it's so much of it was luck just being at the right place yeah. at the right time, being a little bit ahead of the curve. I was like one of the first tattooed girls doing it in a bunch of, yeah. you know, normie girls. Like it just, I think so much of social media success is just luck and also like not pushing so hard for it. Because people yeah. that like really try to calculate everything, followers see through that. Like people want to see like yeah. you, how you live on your Instagram page is how you live in your life. Your personality in your videos yeah. is your personality. Same with me, same with Ashley Marie. And we are all very different, creating very different content in the same yeah. social media scope. But people see that we're all just kind of living how we want to live instead of being like, you know, calculated. Yeah, totally. So in talking about wanting to travel, that honestly has been the major perk for me as well. It's been amazing. Mm. So obviously traveling for work is one thing, but you actually lived in England. Yeah. For how yeah, long did we, you live there? We, we had a two-year, it's like called the working holiday visa, which is kind of, I think it's mostly just like the Commonwealth countries or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gave us two years that we would love to have stayed for longer. Like we didn't want to live there forever, but we would have loved to have tried to get like you had to get sponsored or kind of go through other, other avenues to get another three on top of that. But it just didn't work out. Like we were kind of there during Brexit kind of deals going through oh, and it oh, just yeah. was getting harder. So we were a bit heartbroken to have to leave. But the two years was amazing. So why did you pick England? We'd done a lot of traveling to like the USA and, you know, a bit, a little bit of Europe, but most of our travel had been like through going to Viva every year and then tagging on like different parts of the States or little stop offs. And we really wanted to see more of Europe, but in New Zealand, you know, your flights are costing to get to Europe are you know, kind of return might be two, two and a half grand. It takes you like two days to kind of get there just about. So you kind of have to like, if you want to do a trip to Europe, you've got to really do it for like at least three, three to four weeks, ideally like even just to get used to the time change. Oh, and for those of you that are listening to this in the States, when she says return, she means round trip. That confused me. (laughs) So, so when I was like planning my first 
international and I was talking to somebody, I, I think it was somebody that was English and they were saying return. I was like, wait, is that just for my flight home? Like I didn't yeah. understand that it meant like both ways. Both it's, ways. Yeah. It's funny how we all speak English, but we all speak our own. Yeah. We've got our little jargon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So Liz, which I saw you were shooting with today. Um, yes. Well, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so she is my, my Kiwi mom and she's yeah. a, a, an amazing photographer. And she was telling me, so I think Americans have a hard time distinguishing between Australia and New Zealand for some strange reason. And a lot of Americans don't realize that you guys are two very different countries. A lot is- of us, a lot of people think that we're like a state of Australia, which yeah. is a bit, a bit, I, like a bit sad. That you're like the Hawaii <laughs> of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> but your accents, it, it is hard to differentiate if you don't know them. But all yeah. you have to do is ask either an Aussie or a Kiwi to say fish and chips because oh, yeah. a Kiwi will say fish and no, an Aussie will say fish and chips and a Kiwi will say fush and chups. Maybe, yeah. And I also <laughs> lived in Australia for a couple of years when I was a kid. So there's some words that I say. So when we lived in in the in the UK, you know, if I was on the phone to someone like, I don't know, the doctor or something, and I had to give my phone number, like there'd be so many things that they'd have to make me repeat it because of mm-hmm. the accent. So mm-hmm. I started getting my like my British phone. Oh, kind of voice and I'd have to be like zero seven five two double seven, you know, like kind of just instead <laughs> you of being totally like, sound like an English phone operator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if I had to ask someone for a pen, um, they'd oh, be like, a "What a pen? Like a pen? A pen?" And I'd have to like motion out writing in the air. So one thing yeah. I. I was in Wales from a Welsh girl. I guess uh, a lot of their language comes from just like the way things sound. So a microwave in Welsh is pinged pop. That's the sound. I love that. I guess. Uh, tell me, anybody listening that's Welsh, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's how my brain remembered it. That's so, so cool. I love that. I love England, though. I feel like you picked such a good country to live. I'm actually, I've, I've talked about it in my last podcast. I am working on getting my Irish citizenship because my dad is Irish. Ah. So the, the, the escape plan of things go horribly wrong and we end up in a civil war <laughs> is <laughs> to move over there. And I would love to live in England. Yeah, well, my mum lived in Dublin um, for the first few years that we were living in the UK, and um, so we'd pop, we'd go over and visit her in Dublin, and like Ireland was a cool place. It's so beautiful. It's just so great. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of New Zealand, except like, totally. like if you're driving through the countryside, mm-hmm. it would be like I could be in New Zealand, except we don't have stone walls. We have like fences. Like I feel like Ireland is like um, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like near Hobbiton. Yeah, 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 down there. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot yeah. of Ireland looks like that. So what was the best thing about moving out there? It was just that close proximity to, like, Europe that, you know, to be able to kind of fly off to somewhere and be there in an hour is unfathomable for a Kiwi. And to be able to, like, even just driving over a border, I was like, what is this? Like, <laughs> you've got borders? Like, and, then, and it just boggled my mind with, like, languages would change within the space of like 30 kilometers or whatever Mm -hmm. it was just like what so that was amazing because we just were able to tick off so much from our bucket list which I'm like extra grateful for now because Mm -hmm. who knows when we'll be on here again I loved like you know coming from a, a country of I think we're at 5 million now, especially with all the returning Kiwis oh versus, you know, living in a city like London of what is, that is, I think it's 8 million. It was kind of like those first couple of months we were like kids in candy stores. Like mm-hmm. you could 
order something like your groceries and have same day delivery. You could, yeah. I remember there was one day and I was feeling, it was like, there was a few kind of bumps in the first like couple of months. And there was one day that I like had my period and I was feeling a bit homesick and I didn't have a hot water bottle. And I went on to um, one of the online shops that does same day delivery. And I got a hot water bottle delivered like four hours later. You're like crying. Leave my house. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, this is magical. Yeah. And so it was just kind of things like that that was kind of really fun to get to appreciate just being surrounded by so much history all the time was totally phenomenal. And, And the thing is, is like New Zealand has obviously tons of really old history, but it's all like indigenous. Like yeah. Maori history, and that's so yeah. different from medieval English yeah. prince and princesses, and you know when you when you can kind of walk through a township or a city and imagine if like all the cars weren't there and the signs were old, you could almost imagine that this was exactly what it looked like, mm-hmm. you know, five hundred years ago, and that's you know like when you're kind of a I'm kind of like, you know, I'm a, I'm a creative and I've got a big imagination and I love to kind of be absorbed into like books and movies and stuff. It's kind of like just this really exciting kind of thing to be able to be immersed in. Like living inside of a movie. I know yeah. that you went to Hampton Court Palace all the time and that I is... I lived a oh 15 minute walk from Hampton Court Palace. <laughs> it was so amazing. I know you're a Tudor, Tudor history yeah, like nerd. I am. And Tudor history is what got me into like that kind of the preteen books into reading like more adult fiction Mm -hmm. and so I just got completely obsessed with like the Tudors when I was a teenager and so to end up moving like like a 15 minute walk from the palace and then I could be like I could pay 40 pounds a year and be a a royal member thingamajig Mm -hmm. and I could just wander in whenever I wanted like go for a morning walk wander through the castle it was so good yeah the first time I went there and I just saw the palace I just started crying it was like it was like pretty palace beetle mania for the tutors yeah (laughs) you know what the funny thing too is so I know you're vegan but I eat I'm a meat eater and I love meat pies. Yeah. Like meat pies aren't really a thing in the States. It's, we have sweet pies. No, it's we don't so really British. Savory. Yeah. And I mean, even you guys have lots of oh, pies. Oh yeah. Places, that's that's so colonialism for you though. Yeah, totally. But one of the best meat pies I had in England was at the Hampton Court Palace cafeteria. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So strange. But they also have like little nibbles that are made from recipes back then. And you can get like a little like four pack of things made from their recipes. And they're actually pretty ah, good. See, I never ate at the cafe because I lived It's not so very vegan friendly though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were the best things. What was the hardest thing? I think it's just like moving to a country that's like so much bigger and you kind of like when you've lived in one city your whole life kind of like just figuring out like this all the systems and where do you go for when you need this and I need to go to the doctor like why does it have to be so hard to get a doctor's appointment like it was quite you know like just kind of figuring out all the different things and not Um, having your like name brand stuff like you know yeah so it was kind of just that and then it was you know, like kind of, I guess, missing sort of friendships and family. Everyone was back here, but my mum lived in Dublin. So that was nice to just have like her at least on the same time zone. So I could call her, I could text her, or we could like, you know, we met up quite a lot. I guess as well, like it took me a while to, I made some really amazing friends, um, but it was getting 
the friendships to the point where like you're past like the acquaintance and then you can kind of actually like have a hang out hang out in your sweats and drink wine and (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I had this kind of like weird anxiety of like I could say I had my friends you know here in New Zealand and then I was moving to this country and I guess like the way to kind of meet people was through the vintage scene Mm -hmm. and I all of a sudden got really self-conscious about being like a bit of a persona online Mm -hmm. and whether and this is never something that's kind of like bothered me in terms of like I just kind of take people at face value but I started kind of getting a little bit more nervous about what if they only want to be friends with me because they think that it's I don't know like going to get them somewhere or like I'm just a regular person I just need to be like I need to be silly I need to sing Disney songs I need someone who I can like smash some food into my face because I love food it kind of made me a bit nervous but I ended up finding my tribe over there and they were those ladies were amazing and I miss them but it just it was kind of just getting through those first couple of months and figuring out all of that stuff I mean the good thing though is that you moved to a country where you spoke the language so even though there's a little bit of culture shock it's not like like my like bucket list dream of dreams which I would never do but it's fun to think about is moving to Italy but yes. I don't speak Italian and I feel like yeah. even when I visit it gets to the point towards the end of my trips where I'm like okay like I want my my comforts I want the stores I know yeah. and the food I know and I just want to be able to like say hello to someone in a shop and be able to like have a conversation with them I think that yeah. would be really hard to move to a country where the language was different it'd, it'd be so hard and that was what so when we were coming up to the end of our two years we were thinking like as a way to just stay in Europe, we could, we could have got a one year visa for like Germany or the Netherlands. They were sort of two countries that were sort of relatively easy to get a one year visa for. Mm -hmm. But we just were like, you know what, for one year, you're going to move, you're going to spend that money moving. You're going to take probably six months to get settled because you don't speak the language. It's going to be so much harder to kind of get settled in, even though those countries like, well, Germany, depending on where you are, like, yeah, Germany's tough. Netherlands is easy. Netherlands is really good in terms of their English, but we just kind of like, nah, like we're just at that point, we were ready to kind of just feel like we could be somewhere and not just be thinking about how we have to leave in a year yeah especially you know at some point you want to lay roots down and you can't do that when you're yeah constantly like a year is just enough time where it starts to feel like home so would you ever want to live abroad again I think if we did it again it would only really be if we were like this is the rest of our life oh Um, okay so you wouldn't do another adventure I don't think so. I mean, we've got like cat babies now. What we did tell ourselves, like when we came back to New Zealand and we were like, oh, is this, this going to be really like hard coming back to such a small place? Mm-hmm. We sort of were like, if in a couple of years it's not working out and we just want to kind of be somewhere a bit bigger, we thought about go to somewhere like Melbourne or Sydney so that at least it's a bigger city. There might be a few more opportunities and stuff like that. But I think I think we're pretty settled now. So it would just, I, you know, things can change. You never know. But at the moment, that's not something that's on our radar. I think sometimes, too, it's just one of those things. Once you do it and you get it out of your system, then you yeah. are like, okay, I did that. That's kind of how I feel about touring. Like, I still yeah. love traveling, yeah. but I don't have really any urge. I'm still doing a little bit of touring just domestically because of COVID yeah. and I got to pay my bills, but I just have no interest in touring for work anymore. It's like, I did yeah. it. It was a great adventure. It was so fun. I would never change it, but like, I'm good. Yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> it really is. And when you're alone, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, you yeah. don't have like a loved one to share amazing things with. Okay. So in my podcast, when I have a guest, I always ask the same three questions. 
Okay. Pretty easy. So the first question is, what makes your life specifically unconventional? I guess like, I feel like my life right now is probably slightly more conventional because of COVID. Um, mm, yeah. I decided to go back to like salon work as a hairdresser at the end of last year, thank goodness, because mm-hmm. it means that I've got a slightly more stable kind of job. I guess uncon- I'm unconventional because I don't dress like, you know, everyone, well, the majority of like your regular society. Yeah. I mean, you um, dress. So I've talked about this on my podcast before, and I am one of those that I don't really have one style. Like I'm all yeah. over the place and I'm a weirdo in all facets, but you are one of the rare humans that you actually dress vintage or reproduction, like almost yeah. all of the time. I basically have like my vintage stuff and then I have my gym gear and that's, there's not, I don't really have anything in between. I don't have regular jeans. I don't have regular tops. So yeah. And then in terms of just, I guess what I've done over the years, it's relatively unconventional because it's sort of going, like going out on my own and doing freelance work and then just figuring out a way to sort of make the opportunities that were coming from like blog and from the Instagram kind of work for me for, mm-hmm. a, for a little while. Okay. So the flip side of that, which you kind of covered a little bit, but what makes your life conventional? Because I kind of like to show my listeners how you don't have to live completely unconventionally or completely conventionally and everybody kind of lives in between. So what's your conventions? I mean, I love like routine and I love just, you know, I, if I, you know, lockdown was a bit extreme. I don't love being at home that much, (laughs) but I, yeah, but I love just kind of that sort of quiet weekend where I'm, you know, I'm just able to like cook and bake and like go for walks and like, you know, I'm not really like go out and party all the time kind of person, never really have been. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just, I like that kind of quiet life that, And I'm also like over the years, I've become a lot more comfortable with just sort of going out without being all done up. Um, Mm -hmm. I think when you first get into the style, it really like you sort of there's pressure anything. Yeah. And you sort Mm -hmm. of, you know, you sort of become you sort of identify with it in such a way that you almost like don't want to show the world the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for a few years, like I was like, not self-conscious about being out and about you know, with maybe no hair or makeup, but I didn't choose to do it as much. Whereas now I'm like, oh, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to go do my grocery shop or go, you know, I'll go sweat it out at the gym and I'm not going to like be putting on makeup or anything. I'm not Mm going to have my hair done all cute. Being more comfortable in that way. I think traveling made that because I was like, I am not getting on a plane with makeup on. You still look (laughs) so freaking cute when you do your international flights. And I know because you post it in your stories and I see (laughs) and every time I'm like that jerk. When I fly international, I'm like, it's a good day if I'm wearing mascara. It would have to be the shorter flights, anything long haul. And I'm not, I'm not wearing makeup. Oh, I okay. <laughs> I'm not looking cute. Well, you look cute either way. Cause I've seen you without makeup, but yeah, I totally get that. And I think especially when you start getting like the recognition for being vintage, then it's yeah. that fear of like, Oh, if someone sees me, wants a picture. And then there's a picture of me where I'm not this like, character of who I am and then you don't want to like let people down or make them feel like yeah. you're fake or it is like this like weird pressure when you start getting attention for dressing a certain way okay so last question well last of my questions and we'll get to other people's I am all about positivity to promote positivity and I like people to feel positive about their own lives so name three positive things big or small in your life 
well, I have to definitely say the first, the biggest thing would be like, just, I love my friends. I love my family. I've got a really good relationship with my family and we're quite close. And I've got a really good set of friends that like, you know, I can just be a hundred percent myself with. They are what made coming back home to New Zealand, like so much more bearable. Positive things in my life. My creativity really makes me happy. So whether that's doing hair, whether that's like baking, you know, beautiful vegan treats and being able to like spoil people that I like. I just with love nice at baking. The pictures of them. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. always look so pretty. <laughs> and I love making them pretty. So mm-hmm. just anything that I can do like that, that I'm able to, you know, make it, make it look good and kind of express myself a little bit through that really like, you know, feels like a really positive thing for me, especially in a time like this where like you don't have maybe as much going on it's just nice to have something that you can create Mm -hmm. and then I just think like as much as I didn't want to come back to New Zealand a really positive thing is being in New Zealand well especially with COVID if you had been trapped in England that would have been terrible I know and it's just like feeling a bit of gratitude for like I am I might be stuck in New Zealand for like the next year or two but I've like we have a beautiful country we have um, an amazing leader. She's for the people, not necessarily like the economy. I mean, both need to like both need to be, you know, married up in some way. But it's mm-hmm. not all about just kind of the money. It's about looking after our people. And I think I mean that's the really fact important. that you feel safe walking around outside around other people. Yeah, that's something to feel positive about, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that's like something I'm feeling really like good about right now. Good. I love that. Okay, so now we're gonna get on to questions from our followers. First question is from Tara O Photos, which I know you know her. I think she has shot you and she's one of my old friends. Um, But she had a really good question. She asked, have you ever lived in the US? And if not, would you want to? No, I haven't. We thought about applying for a green card many years ago. I don't think in the current climate, I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's I just like, that. I love coming to visit and I love like getting to explore like all the different parts of the US. Like it is just so cool getting to sort of, you know, come along to different places. But mm-hmm. yeah, maybe not right now. Second question, my own amendment to this. If mm. the current political climate changed in a more positive way, is it something that you would want to do? Maybe like if it was more in line with like kind of, I guess, New Zealand policies in terms Mm -hmm. of just the healthcare and all that. Yeah. yeah, People Mm -hmm. first then. Yeah. I mean, I've always loved kind of the idea of being close to Disneyland. Um, (laughs) Disneyland is like 40 miles from my house. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it's closed right now. So so. (laughs) jealous of anyone that like lives close to a Disney. Yeah. uh, and if they could just give me a job, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would be an excellent Disney princess. I know. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, anybody that is listening, if you have submitted a question and I butcher your name, I am sorry. All of my contributors will be in the show notes. So everything will be spelled correctly there. If you want to contribute to a future podcast, I, I ask all of my questions and get my stories from my social media. I am the Cherry Dollface on all social media. So follow me, but also follow Miss Victory Violet. Are you Miss Victory Violet on everything? Yeah, I basically really only use Instagram these days, though. Yeah, same. I haven't joined the TikTok, TikTok team. <laughs> so I will put uh, Ella's links to all of her social media in the show notes as well, so you guys can check her out. But back to the questions. The next one is from Katie Cormie Art. She asks, how did your family feel about you living abroad? They were pretty supportive. They didn't really, I think Matt's 
mum was like a lot more sort of sad about him leaving. My mum was like super on board because she was, she was in Dublin. In Dublin. <laughs> yeah. And I told her she came back for a um a visit and I was like, we were feeling a bit like just needed a change and we're thinking like, oh, we might try and do the London thing. And she'd actually inspired us to maybe do it because she'd been having such a great time over there. And she was, I told her we we're thinking of applying for the visa, but it might not be for another year or 18 months while we saved up. And she was like, no, 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 no. Yes, you should do this. You should do this. And you should do it very soon before the summer ends. I Tell me how much money you need. I will give you the money. Um, and so she, yeah, she was like the reason that we were able to basically, that was January. We arrived in August and we wow. were thinking we probably wouldn't be there for another like 18 months saving and she it was great we did lots of little holidays together and met up at bunch times so yeah it was really fun okay so Zuzanna Rez oh my good lord Zuzanna Rezetko <laughs> asks what is the best way to find fellow vintage lovers in a new country I mean you have a unique uh, situation because you have a lot of followers but if it was somebody that yeah. didn't have a lot of followers would you have any advice for that well, um, so the way that I started connecting with people was actually through Revival Retro, which is one of the shops in London. Mm. And they actually had like a couple of, they used to have like a th first Thursdays or a second Thursdays of the month event with like drinks. They'd go out, go for dinner or have was something going on in the shop. Was that the group that you were doing like tea parties with? Yeah, it might have been. I mean, it's England. You have high tea all the time, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so kind of seeing if there's like local shops or any kind of businesses that might have social events and seeing if there's local Facebook groups. Like we've got a really active Facebook group for New Zealand pinups. There wasn't really one like that for London, um, which I was surprised at. But yeah, just trying to find things through social media and through like local businesses to see if there's anything, you know, going on. Yeah. And sometimes searching for hashtags as well. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, London pinup or something like that. You know, you might just find a few people that you're like, oh, well, that person lives, lives in my city. I could like message her and see if she wants to go for tea. I mean, the internet is so great. Can you imagine moving abroad without the internet? Ugh. It would be horrible. I think about like bands, like think about like Led Zeppelin when they would tour yeah. and they would be on tour for like 18 months. And if you wanted to talk to your girlfriend, you had to find a payphone. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Even just in these like COVID times, like not being able to kind of FaceTime your friends and family, mm -hmm. you would have had to have like paid, you know, stupid amounts for like phone call long distance yeah. um, actually a few podcasts back I was talking about that how lucky we are to be going through COVID and it's not like 1933 <laughs> oh my gosh yes I just said how lucky we are to be going through COVID what a stupid sentence <laughs> in the con other context it yeah works. yeah <laughs> so Miss Cherry Skull asks how did you feel about growing up on a remote island I grew up in Az Azores do you know where that is is it Azores? I think that's off the Spanish or the Portuguese coast. Oh, that sounds about right. Way out. Yeah. So that's I probably know that really because remote. of um, The Chase. I watch The Chase sometimes. What is you that? Watch the Chase? Oh, it's, a, it's one of those like British like quiz shows. <laughs> oh, God. I love British TV. That is one thing I miss traveling over there. They have like the best, like, come dine with me. And well, we oh, have yeah. Love Island now, but that when we didn't have it, I was obsessed with it when I would go over there. But anyways, so you didn't, you didn't grow up on a as remote of an island as maybe she no, lives I, on. I feel like that's kind of different levels of remote. 
it just feels like normal in terms of it's not it wasn't until like I guess I started traveling more that I was like oh wow like people can just go to a whole other country in like an hour and that's that's like their normal mm-hmm. and then like I used like with chatting to especially like chatting to people in Britain you know like it was kind of like what you haven't you haven't been to France or you haven't been to like Germany like but it's just like this far away it's sort of like you know you sometimes you meet someone from New Zealand that's never been like from Auckland say and has never been to the South Island and it's like what that's um yeah I think I'm just quite lucky that I'm relatively well traveled but yeah you just sort of it's just your normal and you just get used to it and then um once you sort of start traveling outside of it then you realize that what you know what what other lives are like and you can kind of see that that might be great but also you can appreciate what what you've got as well yeah, I think there's something to be said for growing up and it not even just an island, but maybe just people that grow up in small towns. Yeah. It, it's always that syndrome of like the grass is greener, like you want the big city, yeah. you want the excitement. And it's great if you're a city person. I am a city person and I've lived in both. Mm. I've lived in the country and I've lived in the city and I'm de- the city is definitely for me. But I think until you do both, you always idealize the other side. Yeah, for sure. I have so many friends from LA that are like, oh my God, all I want to do is like get a farm in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, you don't realize all the conveniences you have that you're so used to yeah. that you don't think about not having. Like, yeah, it sounds really romantic to live in the middle of nowhere until yeah. you know you need milk or you know, whatever yeah. it is, and then you have to drive a half hour to get it. But also too, like as far as islands go, I mean, technically the UK, well, England and Scotland are an island. So if you put that in perspective, the size of that versus like the size of New Zealand or like the size of Hawaii or the, you know, yeah, all different. Island living to me is definitely a foreign thing. My grandma lived in Hawaii growing up, so we would go visit her, but oh wow, that was always just vacations, you know? Yeah. I never had to think about what that would be like to live. I think it's just hard. Like I think Hawaii is the same. Like with New Zealand, everything is expensive because it, a lot of it gets imported, and then the stuff that we grow and and things, a lot of that actually gets shipped out of New Zealand, mm-hmm. and then we're buying, we're almost buying stuff back. It's super bizarre. Yeah, um, I was shocked. I mean, New Zealand and Australia both are so expensive just because you guys, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not remote in the way of like, you have a lot of people, but you're remote in relation to the rest of the world. Like it yeah. takes a long time for stuff to get out there. I remember, you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, right? Yes. So for my listeners that are from the States and have never been out there, the first time I went to Australia there, so a pint of Ben and Jerry's here is like four or five bucks. In Australia, it was like $14. It was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a, I think it's thirteen dollars here and in New Zealand so that is a very much a treat <laughs> yeah but you guys also have your like your local stuff that like Whitaker's chocolate is my favorite chocolate in the world yeah it is really good Whitaker's hokey pokey like I still have like <laughs> my mouth actually just started watering when I just said okay so last question is from Ray Darling she says, I'm wondering about the process of finding a place to live when you move abroad. That is interesting. How did you find where to live? Yeah, that was really daunting for us too. Um, we were lucky in that Matt, so my husband Matt, he had lived with a British guy in New Zealand when when this friend of his was um, doing his OE and they ended up flatting um, together for like about a year and then Jason went back and lived in and moved back to England so this is about 10 years ago and they kept in touch and when we were um, you know planning on coming over 
Jason was like, oh, well, I'm looking for a new place and for flatmates, you know, maybe we should just find like, a, you know, two bedroom together. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, cool. So he actually organized it and he wanted, cause he wanted to stay in the Surrey kind of area. That's where he'd grown up. So it was sort of a bit further out of London, mm-hmm. but we were kind of fine with that. We didn't really More affordable. want to be like, yeah. And we didn't need to be in the city. So he found the flat and um, we were able to like kind of move straight in. And um, it was just like really good. Cause honestly, like that was really daunting, like to be able to try and find somewhere before you move. Just based on pictures. To- yeah, and also like, you know, we there was no way we would have been able to just find somewhere on our own because we didn't have any credit history there. We didn't have mm. like like UK landlord references there. That would have been really difficult. So find a roommate that already lives there. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> or, I mean, if you can go out, if you know someone you can stay with for like a month or so yeah. to like try to hunt. Or like finding like an Airbnb that you can do long term. Monthly, and yeah. Get a, and get a little bit of a gauge for like the area as well. I think that's really important. Um, fi- figure out what part of the city you might actually want to be in. Then you can find a job and you're going to know, okay, I'm going to be working in this area. I don't want to go find a flat on the opposite side of the city because that's going to take me an hour to get to. So kind of giving yourself a little bit of time to get yourself settled before you commit. That's what Jimmy and I have talked about because in in talking about potentially moving over there, it's like, man, like I've I've visited, but I don't know what it's like to live in any of these places for more than a few days. So I was like, we should go for like a month or two and just spend like a week here, a week here just to like get a feel for what it's like in the country, what it's like in the city. And yeah, so I think that's definitely really good advice. The good thing though, these days, especially with rentals, it's not just photographs anymore. Like a lot of places do like 360 video tours. So at least you can yeah, see if there's like true. dingy corners or like, yeah. you know, stuff falling <gasps> off the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend, that is it. Those are all the questions for you. Cool. So is there anything else that you would like to add as far as maybe advice or just anything about living abroad? I would just say if you're thinking about it, like just, well, obviously not at the moment you can't, but (laughs) go for it. Like it was honestly like I was, I never thought I would do it. I never thought I'd be the person that would go and like live abroad. I always thought I would never be able to like leave my family. Um, But then I did it and like the personal growth and like uh, my ability to kind of deal with new situations and kind of like kind of had the courage to do new things like that was the most like beneficial experience for me so I am so glad I did it and um, it's kind of hard when you have such an amazing experience and it comes to an end sooner than what you would like and Mm -hmm. it's like you know now I sort of I'm always thinking about how great that was like is my life gonna ever be as good as those like two years you know what I mean like that was my peak yeah but I think it's better to go out on a high than if you stayed another year and ended up hating it and then your memories would have been hinged that's so true yeah so I mean I'm just I'm just so grateful we had it and it was such a good and it was such a good two years oh you're making me want to move so bad (laughs) do it after the global pandemic yeah Maybe we'll wait till that dies down a little bit. Yeah, Every maybe. time I say the word die, I'm like, oh, like I cringe at myself. Yeah. COVID, man. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for being my guest and allowing me to be your first podcast. Thank you for having me. I hope it was relatively painless. No, it was fun. <laughs> All right, Miss Victory Violet, Miss Ella, you take care of yourself and hopefully I will you get too. to see you here in the future sometime soon. Yeah, yeah. Might be 2020. Three. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, All thanks right. for having me. Yeah, have a good night. See you later. All right, so that is it for this week's podcast. Thank you for following. As always, please leave reviews if you find it in your heart. Please subscribe also if you find it in your heart. And don't be an asshole. And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye, guys. Bye.